Bronwyn, hello to you. And hello to you. So good to see you again because every time I spend time with you, I learn so much. And today is going to be even more fabulous because we're going to find out a little bit about you and the extraordinary career you've had and how it got you there. You are the leading authority on information and research about people 50 plus. Yes. And what you found out is astounding. And we want to know what it is because I know as a result of what you say, we're all going to feel much better and happier about where we are in life. I look forward to it. Well, today, Bronwyn, we're going to talk a little bit about us and who we are. And I'm going to begin with you because you've had such an interesting life and the information that you have in your head at the moment about the over 50s is just extraordinary. So just tell me a little bit about what was it that inspired you to want to go along the single route of market research and research? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. It was when I was, um, so after Qantas, I went to Destination New South Wales, which was the state tourism body. And fabulous. And fabulous. And started researching destinations and and people doing things like road trips around Australia. So I would do lots of focus groups for people aged 50 plus. So they they were categorised into, you know, couples, families, young people, older people. And the more I got to know about the sort of older travellers, in inverted commas, 50 plus travellers, the more intrigued and interested I became about this group of people and just their philosophy on life and who they are and their attitudes and there was a certain, I guess, freeness. That's not even a word. It'll do. It's a, a good one. about these people and I just fell in love with, you know, their concern for others, the concern for the environment, their love for travel, the love for, for new things and love for learning they were just really interesting people. What can you tell me what stood out that was different about them than the 30 plus or the 40 plus? Well, I think this is a generation that had their formative years without the internet. I really believe that is a key definer. So from that, there's a true sense of adventure instilled in these people. Because, for example, when they used to go travelling in the 60s and 70s or even the 80s, there was no trip advisor, there was no five-star ratings, there were no um, No booking ahead, booking ahead, no Google reviews. If you wanted to find out about a destination, you literally had to just get on the plane, go over there, get out and ask people where to go. You might have had your lonely planet, but... That instills a sense of adventure into a person that nobody has anymore. Because that's we, when you were doing it on on your own and not going in a particular road trip with a company like AAT Kids, yes. for example, right? Yes, yes. But but even then, you didn't know. You couldn't Google a hundred or fifty different tour companies, yes. which is what people do. People put hundreds of hours into their travel research now. And they didn't back then. You'd waltz into a travel agent, get a couple of brochures and book your trip. You really didn't know what that place was like until you got there, regardless of the style of travel you were doing. And that to me makes for really interesting people. And predominantly they were the over 50s. The over 50s. There you go. Yep, definitely. And yeah, that's, I just, and just the whole attitudes and, and concern and, their formative years were, were really interesting. Um, when you think about 
people talk about disruptive generations and, and generally speaking we think of millennials, but it wasn't millennials. It was the baby boomers. They were truly disruptive in the sense that they had, you know, things like the contraceptive pill. For the first time. For the first time. So women could shag all they wanted <laughs> without the implication of falling pregnant. So, you know, there was all this free love and, and if they weren't partaking, it was certainly going on around them. It's when drugs came into play, festivals, music festivals, so Woodstock, there was the Vietnam War protest, there was activism, there was so much happening. Second was, wave of feminism. Yes, yes, and it was just all new and it was. Free universities and really easy to get a job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So it was a different time of true freedom without the internet and social media, you know, where I think they were able to become true free thinkers and form their own opinions, informed opinions, and become people who rely on the internet. And can I ask you, you know, the, the boomers, they changed the world as they went, so they just challenged the norms yeah. and adapted the world to how they wanted it to be. I do remember just throwing in one thing that, that in talking of travel, that, that that generation of people, my generation of people, pretty much all went overseas. After they, they were not gap years. They just travelled overseas and bought combi vans at Australia House and drove around Europe and all those things. And I think they were what brought much of the outdoor cafes and certainly the quality of coffee in Melbourne back to Australia. So they brought back extraordinary information about food and wine and how we should eat and where we should eat. Absolutely, absolutely. And the immigrants did too. So it was a, a great time for different cultures. They brought it back to Australia. Yes. But I wouldn't say they changed. They are still changing. Yes, absolutely. Society now. And when you look at the disruptive impact they've got on aged care and retirement living, they don't want to go and spend their lives in a retirement village. They've got stuff to do. So it's interesting, you know, there are phenomena that we don't actually recognise every day. How many people do you see wearing jeans at the moment? Really tight ones, the odd pair of boot jeans as they're called, which we used to call bell bottoms, jeans of every shape and size and fabric and colour. It's They just dominate the fashion world. That was baby boomers who brought jeans in. Yep. They got it from the cowboy area like the Levi Strauss and turned them into fashion items, and they remain to this day as fashion items in all sorts of different aspects. But it was baby boomers who introduced jeans to the fashion world as such. And the caftan, as I'm wearing today. And the caftan. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so the interest of their sense of freedom, etc., and their intrepidness to change the world as they went, what are interesting things that you found out as a result of your 20 years of research into these people, isn't it? Yeah, probably more. I'd probably say more. There you go. 25 years um, in terms of their travel behaviour or just Everything. generally. I just think they have wonderful attitudes and we can really learn a lot from baby boomers. They cop a lot of flack. It really is not their fault personally that the property market is unattainable right now. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we can learn. And, again, what we've talked about in previous episodes don't sweat the small stuff so much. Is that a baby boomer thing? I think they're good at it. Yep. I think they're prioritising, good at prioritising what they stress about or what they focus on. 
And again, it's it's just I think going back to that time where we didn't have information overload like we do right now. So they're quite good at checking out when they need to do that. They're still really curious travellers. What I see in my research, baby boomers are truly immersive, culturally immersive travellers. They really, you know, a lot of people give it, you know, they talk about being truly immersive travellers, but baby boomers really are. They want to go and talk to people in different countries and communities and learn from them. They'll seek out things like local theatre groups and local restaurants and, you know, really where the locals go. So they're, you know, they're really into learning and knowledge. So what are they like as consumers? Look, they've got the cash, they've got the wealth. So as consumers, they're fairly demanding. So if they're looking at buying something, they'll potentially put hundreds of hours of research on the internet. So talk about going from one extreme to the other because they've got time on their hands, particularly the retired ones. They will research lots of things. They'll research different brands. You know, again, it's a preconception that they are brand loyal. Well, they're not necessarily if you treat them like shit. They're not brand loyal. They'll switch. They expect value for money. They are not cheap. That was their parents, the previous older generation. So they're they're willing to spend good money on good value. So they recognise that. So they're great consumers. They're loyal if you treat them well and recognise them. What about their relationships with each other? Look, again, I get I really get inspiration when I do my research, particularly from the women. I just find them amazing. And just the wisdom. I found that what happens is a lot of the baby boomer relationships that started at school, if they're based on true friendship, if they've traveled together, they last together. The other side of that is what I see is that divorces in the over 50 cohort is higher than any other generation. Wow. 90% of those are driven by women. Yes, I knew divorces were driven by women, but more in the over 50s than any. And, and why would that be? Well, what we're seeing, and again, this has come out in my research, that what happens is, is when a gentleman retires, quite often he wants to retire in the true sense and just retire, play golf, maybe sit around, do nothing much, maybe a little bit of travel. So, but the woman might say, okay, this is my time. This is about me. You know, she may have or worked. Or about us together. Or about us together. She may have worked part-time or full-time, bringing up the kids fairly squarely fell on her because that's just how it was. And so she was busy and tired all the time. So what she wants to do potentially is get a new job, study, start that online business with candles, selling candles that she's always wanted to do. She wants to have a rebirth almost. She wants to travel. She wants to explore who she is. Now, what happens at that point is hubby will either be supportive of that or he will just want to be retired and catered for for the rest of his life in that real traditional sense. So that's where she looks at him and might go, 20, 30 years of this. Am I hanging around or am I going? You know, can I just throw something in 
about this as well. And, and another day we'll talk about menopause and postmenopause and what it's like. But I remember doing a big session once with a menopause product company. And one of the myths that came out of it and talking about the other 50s, that women after menopause are not sexually interested any longer and that men still are. And in fact, nearly the reverse to a great extent is true. And the, the issue for women over menopause or past menopause is they've been with these men a long time, the ones who are retiring, and they're fairly bored and disinterested from what the healthy, wonderful sex life used to be. But they say put a postmenopausal woman or put a postmenopausal woman in an affair and just see how fabulous and active she is. And it's interesting that you say the 90% is, is driven by women because he's retiring. What actually does the word retire mean? Did you find out that? And is it appropriate for this generation? You know, the concept of retirement came about in the 1800s in Germany when men worked in the factories all their life and they were hard years. They were working really hard in a toxic chemical environment. So they would live until 50, maybe 55 max live. So one of the company owners, one of the factory owners decided that he would like to give his workers a nice year at home before they died. One year is what retirement was designed for. One year at home. It's completely outdated. It's ridiculous. So when people retire, they go, okay. I'm going to start a new business or I'm going to just travel and I'm going to learn new hobbies. I'm going to go back to uni. This is the interesting man, not the one who just wants to sit at home and rest. This is the interesting man. The active man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do need a new word and I've been asking for a while what should the word be and it's certainly not retire because a lot of people just don't want to stop. No. And they've got 20 years of active life ahead. So if you've you've been finding out amazing things about this generation because there's much to talk about the baby boomers, what do you think the three most important or interesting facts about them that you've found out? Look, from a marketing perspective, they are the most predictable marketing opportunity we've ever had because there's more of them than any other generation alive right now. They have more money than any other generation and they have more time to do stuff than any other generation, but they're largely ignored by advertisers and marketers and brands and that's just crazy. That's just age bias. So why are they ignored when the three things that you just mentioned are really valuable to any amount of of business activity? Why are they ignored and by whom? Ageism, much of it is unconscious. It's it's really bizarre, Julia, because as a marketer, the evidence is there. It's all in the stats. The data is telling us how amazing these consumers are to be a part of your brand. I don't know, just the companies, the brand managers, the marketers are not seeing that. And I really do put that down to age bias. Is it interesting? I don't know whether it was you who said to me once the baby boomers say about promoting to them and telling them about what they can do and what they can buy and where they can go, etc. Don't do it about us without us because invariably you get us wrong and you treat us as old people when we don't see ourselves as that. Yep. That makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? 
because oh. the other thing, being one myself, is when you're going somewhere, you certainly don't want to be amongst old people. And when you get there, you go, oh, I'm with old people, but you're all the same age. And you realise that they're thinking that about you too. Oh, my God, I don't want to be with those old people. But if you were to say what the richest, most valuable thing about this generation is as well, what would you say that was? What's coming to me right now is their genuine concern for younger generations and concern for the world. And this comes about what sort of planet are we leaving our grandchildren? Nearly all of them that I speak to now when I do my interviews are worried about the world that their grandchildren are going to live in. It's fantastic, isn't it? Thank you. It really is. And continue, please, Bronwyn, continue investigating this age group because more and more will come out as we get older and older and what we're doing with our very old life, and I think it'll be interesting. Thank you. Bronwyn, hasn't it been another good conversation today? It's been fantastic. And we hope you've enjoyed it as well and found something that absolutely thrills and delights you. And we'll be back again with another subject that hopefully is going to give you great information and make you a happy person. That's what we're going to do, Bronwyn. Indeed it is. And for more information, you can go to our website or click on the link in the show notes. See you next episode. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.